0: As I was always contemplating us doing communion, which we do every week as a chance for us to just remember, right? To remember what the Lord has done for us. Um, I kept thinking about a messianic prophecy that I had read in Zechariah. And um, the prophet Zechariah was specifically writing to the remnant of Israel. And there are actually quite a few messianic prophecies in here. And it's something so good to remember that as we celebrate Christmas as Gentiles, right, we're celebrating the birth of the Jewish king who came to reconcile us to, to God. And we celebrate that, and rightfully so, it's something we should celebrate and commemorate um, in our lives on a daily, in a daily way, right? Not just at Christmas, but that, that God came and he sent his son. And I kept thinking about how this was really a fulfillment of thousands of years of prophecy that... Um, that the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, had been looking forward to. And there were dozens and dozens and dozens, really hundreds, of prophetic words that were given to the people, telling them who to look for and how to look for him, and where would he be? And even last week, when Tony was talking about the magi that came, and these were magi that were descendants, really, from the ones that Daniel had helped influence in his time of Babylonian captivity. And the magi come, and Herod summons them, and they're like, we followed this star, and they referred back to the book of Micah, where another prophetic, um, another messianic prophecy that said, he'll be in the town of Bethlehem. And so they knew, well, that's where we need to look, that's where we'll go and look for this king. This is where the king of the Jews will be, the savior of the world. And so even they've been looking and looking and looking. And Zechariah, I want to read this to you. It's chapter nine. And it's a messianic prophecy about the Messiah who is going to come. And it says this, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout and triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. I will remove the battle chariots from Israel and the war horses from Jerusalem. I will destroy all the weapons used in battle, and your king will bring peace to the nations. His realm will stretch from sea to sea and from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. Because of the covenant I made with you, sealed with blood, I will free your prisoners from death in a waterless dungeon. Come back to the place of safety, all you prisoners who still have hope. I promise this very day that I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. Judah is my bow, and Israel is my arrow. Jerusalem is my sword, and like a warrior, I will brandish it against the Greeks. The Lord will appear above his people. His arrows will fly like lightning. The sovereign Lord will sound the ram's horn and attack like a whirlwind from the southern desert. The Lord of heaven's armies will protect his people, and they will defeat their enemies by hurling great stones." They will shout in battle as though drunk with wine. They will be filled with blood like a bowl, drenched with blood like the corners of the altar. On that day, the Lord their God will rescue his people just as a shepherd rescues his sheep. They will sparkle in his land like jewels in a crown. How wonderful and beautiful they will be. The young men will thrive on abundant grain and the young women will flourish on new wine." I want to read that one more time. The young men will thrive on abundant grain. The young women will flourish with new wine. Beautiful imagery and actual symbolism of what was going to happen of a baby that was going to be in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, the house of bread, is that that town. It's the name of that town, literally translated, and the bread of life would be born there. And bread is hugely symbolic. Jesus came... And we celebrate that, but what the Jews were celebrating was the prophetic fulfillment of the Savior of the world to come. And Jesus came and he fulfilled what the Israelites had been celebrating for almost 2,000 years. These feasts that commemorated that were built around bread, all of them. There was bread, grain, wine, symbolic of that. And Jesus himself said, I didn't come to abolish any of that. I came actually to fulfill it. So his birth was a fulfillment, but it was actually looking ahead. You guys know we don't have a whole lot of information on his first 30 years, right? We have his birth. We've got a little 12 year, when he was a 12 year old, you know, away from his parents. Remember they lost him and he was in the temple doing his father's, in his father's house doing his father's business. You remember that? And then we fast forward to a 30 year old man. And three and a half years, he fulfills the prophetic timeline of the feast. He became our Passover lamb. He was our unleavened bread. He was the first fruits. Those were bread offerings that were offered up to the Lord. And then 50 days later, the Holy Spirit came and fulfilled Pentecost. And then the church age began. And that's where you and I, that's where we are right now. And we're awaiting the second advent of the Messiah. He came the first time as a suffering servant, he said humble, and he rode in on a donkey. But the next time he comes, and what we're looking towards is his second coming when he comes as the victorious King. And as I just read, and Paul had a lot to say about that. We can read it in the in the um, Gospels, the account of that last Passover supper. But Paul had a word to the Corinthians about the communion about the communion meal, and he says to them, I'm gonna pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself, because he's, he's, he's reminding us that Jesus himself celebrated every year the Passover, celebrated the very thing that we take as communion came from the Passover supper, and he says, I'm going to pass on to you the very thing that I learned from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. And he says, and remember to do it, continue to, to, to do this. So it's so fitting to do communion when we're celebrating the birth of Jesus when we're celebrating his coming, the first advent. And as we look forward to the second advent, when he broke that bread, when he's celebrating, he's celebrating at Passover. And he had lifted up the third cup. There were four cups in that Seder meal, in that Passover meal. And he lifts up that third cup, the cup of redemption, and he breaks that bread, that piece of matzah, and he says, this is fulfilled today in who I am. I am without sin. I am the unleavened bread. I am the lamb. the the spotless lamb offered up once and for all for a sacrifice for mankind. He goes on to say this. He said, in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Every time we do communion. Every time we remember and we obey the Lord and we remember to get do communion, we're not just celebrating that he came as a baby, but we're looking to him coming as the victorious king. What a reason to celebrate. We, get, we can get so caught up in the little baby Jesus and forget what he came to do, what he came to fulfill. So when I read Zechariah and I, and I saw that this messianic prophecy of how wonderful and beautiful the children will be. The young men will thrive on abundant grain. He's speaking about himself. They're going to thrive on my bread. They're going to thrive on communion with me. Communion means with union. They're going to thrive because they're in union with me. They're going to eat my bread and I will be with them. The bread of the presence and I will be a part of them. And it says the young women will flourish on new wine. That's his blood that we will flourish. And that's the gift that he gives us. I'm gonna have you guys stand and we're gonna get ready to take communion. And I thought about how the gift of Christmas, right? The gift that he gave us was himself. When he came, it even says in Hebrews 12 that for the joy set before him, he endured the, the shame and the scorning of the cross. He had something that he set before us, before him, and it was us. It was the joy that was set before him that he would be able to reconcile through this new covenant of his body and his blood, reconcile us back to him. What a gift that he gave us. And the gift that he gives is that we would thrive and that we would flourish in being a part of him, in being a part of his, his body, being cleansed by his blood. What a gift that he has given us this year. I hope that 2018... As we start looking, we're a week away from that. Isn't that crazy to think at 2018? It will be marked with those words, thriving and flourishing because of your communion with the Lord, because of what he's done for us. So let's pray. And we're going to come forward. We have two um, stations. And what I'm going to ask you to do, just so that it can be orderly, if you'll come down this this aisle, side aisle, to this one, and then this side aisle here, and then file back through the middle to get back to your seats, because we have people with kids and, and wheelchairs and stuff that need to get through, and um, break off a piece of the of the bread. And you can put dip it in the wine and then maybe return back to your seat to take it with, with a friend or a family member, okay? But we're gonna pray and then there's a song that just invite you to worship too if you wanna do that. So Lord, we thank you so much for your body that was broken. When you came as a baby, you came to the house of bread. Oh, the symbolism there. Oh, the fulfillment that the bread of life that would sustain mankind would come and be born in Bethlehem. But you didn't stop there, Lord. You went all the way. You went all the way and you fulfilled the promises of God. You fulfilled every single prophecy that was spoken about you. And Lord, we do this tonight in remembrance of you. We do this tonight remembering. That you, you obeyed all the way to the cross. That you laid down your life so that we would be redeemed and reconciled. And tonight we drink through the cup of redemption and we say thank you, God, for that gift. Thank you for redeeming us. And Lord, we feast on your body, the word of life, and we pray, God, that we would thrive and be nourished, God. That we would thrive in knowing you and in our communion with you, Lord. We say thank you for the gift. We celebrate you, your life, and the prophetic fulfillment of your word. And God, we say we look forward to your second coming. We look forward to your kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. You are our King. We celebrate our King tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.